In today's episode, I am going to break down every single thing you need to know about your metabolism. I'm going to show you exactly what signs and symptoms to look for to let you know if your metabolism is actually slow and is actually holding you back, how to build up your metabolic capacity, or in other words, how to speed up your metabolism, and then all the benefits associated with this. I really think you guys are going to enjoy this, and it's going to show you a lot that you may not have known about your metabolism and why it's such an important factor when chasing the perfect body. What is going on guys? Today, we're gonna talk about metabolism. What it is, how to know if you have a slow metabolism, and exactly how you can fix it if you do have a slow metabolism. See, there's a lot of people out there who just simply blame their metabolism. In fact, a lot of people actually blame their age saying that they have a low metabolism because they're getting older and therefore they cannot lose weight. And the first thing I want to point out is that's bullshit. Um, metabolism is, is mainly regulated via hormonal output, A, B, your calorie consumption on a daily basis. So if you're significantly under eating and you've been doing so for a long time, that would have more effect than your uh, age specifically. And um, the other thing is training activity. So how often are you training? How much do you train? What kind of training are you doing? Um, what is your heart rate like when you're doing this training? So on and so forth. But a lot of it doesn't have to do with age. Now, Here's the deal. As you age, testosterone lowers, growth hormone may lower. Um, you're, typically, your ability to consume a lot of calories lowers because you're not as active. You're not training as hard. You're not moving as frequently. You're sitting down a lot more. Um, you're probably not consuming as many calories, so on and so forth. And this goes on. So it's more of the fact that when you age, you typically have external life factors that slow down and therefore that indirectly causes your metabolism to slow down. So it's not to say when you hit age 45, it's like this bomb of just like slow metabolism and it just drops on you. No, that's not how it works. But um, what we're going to talk about today is first I'm going to go over the 13 signs that you should look for if you may have a low metabolism. And this is something I actually wrote on my newsletter um, and it got really, really good feedback because a lot of these things you probably don't realize that are going on, right? They're random things that you wouldn't keep your eye out for, but if you notice them, or if I say one of them today and you're like, fuck, that's me, then you might be suffering from a low metabolism. Um, we're also going to talk about the hormones related to metabolism that will actually have some type a, uh, of direct correlation, I should say, or even just effect on your metabolism, right? So it's not as simple as your metabolism lowers, but for example, if you have significant thyroid issues, your metabolism is going to take a big hit because the meta uh, the thyroid is like the control center for your metabolism. And therefore, if your thyroid's out of shape, your metabolism is going to be slow. So if you want to improve your metabolism, you can actually improve your thyroid, okay? So that's one example. Um, and then we're going to talk about exactly how you can fix it and what to not do, essentially, um, to make sure that your metabolism is, is cranking on um, the highest level possible, running like a Ferrari going 100 miles an hour versus a... Uh, a little pinto running on unleaded fuel that's going about five to ten miles an hour over speed bumps, right? That is not metabolism we want to have. We want a Ferrari. Now, before I go on a rant or a tangent like I always do, let's just get right into the nuts and bolts of things. So 13 signs that you may have a low metabolism. The first one is going to be your body temperature. So if you notice that you have a low body temperature, um, 
specifically 95 to 97 degrees or lower on a very regular basis, or you just generally feel cold all the time, um, then you may have a low metabolism. Because remember, when a metabolism is fast, our body temperature is going to be up. We're going to feel hot. So I know a lot of guys, and this is actually me specifically. I'll, I'll use myself as an example. I have a pretty good metabolism um, in I eat a lot of carbohydrates, and I know that carbohydrates stimulate, healthy carbs stimulate my metabolism. So for example, if I eat a heavy carbohydrate meal, like one of my favorite dishes, yo, this is actually, we're going to change the subject right now. This is recipe hour. If you guys want a great recipe, this has been my go-to, and I cook this multiple nights a week now. Anytime Shannon doesn't feel like cooking or Shannon feels like craving some random thing that she wants and I get to do my own thing... um, which isn't that often, and I actually don't enjoy because she cooks fucking unbelievably. But anyway, I always this is my go-to thing. I do some kind of meat, whether it's fish, chicken, steak, whatever, and I do a Brussels sprout, sweet potato, coconut, like, saute, I guess you could call it or something. So what I do is I take a big pan, and I put like two to three teaspoons of coconut oil, so it ends up being almost a full tablespoon, so a good amount of coconut oil. And I chop up a, a, a sweet potato into small chunks and I start fr- uh, kind of frying it in that coconut oil and I put a cover on it to keep the moisture in. Then I throw in a ton of chopped up Brussels sprouts. I mean like a ton. Like the, I actually had to use a separate plate just for this dish because I had so many the other night. It was fucking crazy. And then I'll uh, put thick chunks because I have like – really it's just because my salt shaker thingy doesn't grind up the Himalayan salt very well and it ends up being kind of thick. But I actually end up liking it because you get a little bit of a crunch and you can taste the pink Himalayan salt. But I put pink Himalayan salt, um, a little bit of MSG-free Johnny's. I know not the best thing but it's MSG-free and it's fucking good. Um, and then I put a little bit um, of garlic salt. And so it's really salty and there's a lot of carbs because I put a huge sweet potato in there and I fry it up super, super good. I love it. And I actually go and tell it there's a little bit of black char on the Brussels sprouts, just so you guys know. But the point is, is when I eat this at night and I eat that many carbs, because it's a good 60 to 100 grams of carbs, I'm sweating in bed. Like even in this cold weather in Seattle where it's freezing cold, like I'll have no blanket on because my metabolism gets jacked up. And when it's jacked up like that, I have a higher body temperature. And when I have a higher body temperature, it's obviously like that when I sleep. So if you notice that you're really hot all the time, then you probably actually have a really fast metabolism. I see a lot of people like this after they do a physique show or anything and they start slowly reverse dieting up. If they do it properly, they'll notice that they get warmer as they go. Um, So what you need to ask yourself, is your body temperature frequently low, right? So I'll ask clients, do you feel cold all the time? Do your hands, your fingertips, your nose, your feet and toes, do they feel like they are cold? And I'll get people and they're like, fuck, dude, I never thought about that. Yeah, my feet are always cold. My toes are always cold. The tip of my nose gets really cold compared to the rest of my body. And we go, okay, well, your your body temperature is pretty low. Now, if that's you, that doesn't necessarily mean your metabolism is low because that's one of 13. So remember, as I go through this, pick it apart. And if you notice that multiple things on this list speak to you, then you are going to want to consider that you might have a low metabolism and you're going to want to look into whether it's nutrition coaching or just changing your diet up and changing your training up, more recovery, whatever it may be. And we'll talk about ways to fix it later on. Number two, you have a low pulse, most likely below 75 beats per per minute. Um, And that just means your heart rate or your pulse. Now, um, pretty plain and simple. There's nothing special about this. Check your pulse, see what it's like. Check it two, three, four times to make sure it's not just a a fluck. But 
make sure that you're you're actually have a low uh, pulse. Okay, 75 beats per minute, low heart rate, low pulse. That might be a sign. Number three, you're constantly thirsty yet never quenched, and or you pee all day long. Like four to six times is ideal for a day, which seems like a little bit. And I remember when I first learned all this stuff, I was like, holy shit, I pee way more than six times a day. Now, there's a couple of things. One, sometimes people actually overhydrate their body. And what can happen is they drink so much damn water that their body can't utilize salt or, or vice versa. They're not taking in enough salt, so their water can't store anywhere and they just flush it out. And they actually have the opposite effect. They dehydrate themselves from drinking so much damn water and trying to be salt-free like Mrs. Dash, which is pointless if you're training hard. So you don't need to drink more. Like a gallon is plenty, okay? I even tell some clients to shoot for three quarters of a gallon to a full gallon because I know they're not gonna actually hit that. And if they just try to drink a little more water, they're gonna be better off. But do not cut salt um, because that will have an effect on your metabolism as well. Um, And that's not even on this list, but we'll talk about that later. Again, when I break down what you need to be doing. So if you're constantly thirsty, but you don't feel that and you're, you're just never quenched, your thirst is never quenched, you're always wanting more water and you're peeing a lot, you might have a slow metabolism. So four to six times is ideal. You don't need to drink too much water. Um, and if you're always thirsty, it might not be that you're dehydrated. It might actually be that you have a low metabolism. Number four, your bowel movements and or digestive system are off. Are you bloated? Are you gassy? Are you constipated? Do you have diarrhea? Like, you know the drill. Like, your your stomach's churning like a machine all day long. You got gears grinding. You can hear it from down the block. That's not good. Um, now, I'm not going to act like my stomach doesn't churn. Man, when I eat that many sweet potatoes and Brussels sprouts with that coconut oil and pink Himalayan salt that tastes so damn good, I eat so much that I get some growling in my stomach. But... That's because I just ate too damn many carbs in one meal. That has nothing to do with a low metabolism. So if you're constantly bloated but you're not overeating, if you're constantly gassy but you're eating good healthy foods and you're chewing your food right, if you're or if you have like any irritable bowel syndrome uh, like symptoms like constipation, diarrhea, so on and so forth, then you may have a low metabolism. The main thing is your gut is off. So check your digestive system. And I'm going to talk a little bit more about poop. So if you don't like talking about poop, fast forward 30 seconds right now. Number five, your bowels should look solid. I'm not going to go into details here because you get the picture. If your bowel movements do not look solid like a baby's forearm, stiffen it. You need to check yourself before you wreck yourself. Make sure that your bowel movements are on point because you may have an issue with your digestive tract, like I just said at number four, which could be you have a low metabolism. So check yourself on the bowel movements. Look in the toilet. See what's going on, guys. It's not bad. It's your own poop. Check yourself. It'll help. I promise you. Number six, your sleep is off. This is a big one that I find with people who have a slow metabolism. And I can't stress this enough because you would be extremely surprised how many people I get on a coaching call with to start their nutrition coaching with me. And I'm like, asking them these questions and this is always the one that ticks and you'd be also surprised how many people have a low metabolism i have worked with so many people it's almost like i'm i'm the uh the nutrition fixer or some shit like people go into these diets and and i'm not talking shit because i did this for years and this is what inspired me to become a nutrition coach I did the wrong thing for a long time and it did damage my metabolism. It got me to a point where I felt like 
I needed to do this low carb approach or so on and so forth, whatever it may be in order to keep this weight off or continue to lose body fat. And the truth was I was just harming myself. I was harming my metabolism. And one thing that I really suffered for is this one right here, number six. And this is what showed me and this is what shows a lot of people their metabolism is slow. Your sleep is off. You're restless, interrupted, feel tired when you're awake. And, and the big kicker here is do you have like drop-offs of energy? You feel great in the morning, you're good, you're not tired, whatever, and then midday it just drops off and tanks. You're tired as hell the rest of the day when you're awake and then you get into bed and you're restless. It's a contradicting thing and it's kind of weird to think about, but I know a lot of people who suffer from this. Like you're tired and groggy and fatigued all day. You feel burnt out. You feel lethargic. And then you go lay in bed. You should fall right asleep. You've been tired all day, but you're restless. It's interrupted sleep. You can't fall asleep. This is a really good sign that some hormones are, are not functioning properly because we got to remember that melatonin is a natural hormone that gets regulated by all these different hormones. Like I said, the thyroid's like the, the control center that controls all these different things. Well, melatonin is not functioning right. That means when you hit the sack, it's not kicking on. And if it's not kicking on, you're not going to be able to actually fall asleep, which is a big issue. So this is a good one. Number six is your sleep is off in any way, shape or form. You need to check it out. But the biggest thing is that you feel tired during the day when you're awake and you're restless at night. That is a, a for sure sign. Number seven, your skin, hair and nails. Are they brittle and dry? Do they grow slow? Take forever to heal? I know for a fact, and this is because I'm a nutrition geek and I, and I record shit and I look at shit and I notice things and I take notes. I noticed for me personally that when my metabolism started making the improvement because I started training more but actually increasing my calories significantly, sleeping better, I was really focusing on improving this. I was cutting my uh, fingernails and shaving my beard way fucking more. And it's because, again thyroid in, increases, then other hormones increase because your metabolism increased and it's like this this connecting effect and then all of a sudden other things start working better. So if your skin, hair, and nails are brittle and dry, they're not growing very fast or they take you take a really long time to heal, like you get a cut and it feels like it's been there for four weeks, you, again, you need to check yourself before you wreck yourself, people. That might mean that you have a slow metabolism. Number eight, your hormones are just out of whack. And this could be a gang of things. Like you're, uh, you got low libido and sex drive. You could just care less if you're doing it. Um, if you're a women, woman, um, do you have PMS? Like is it regular? Um, things like that are a big sign, specifically sex hormones. So guys, you should be like waking up happy, if you know what I mean. And you should be ready to hit the sack with your lady, if you know what I mean. Women, you should be too. You should be excited for that kind of shit. And you should be PMSing and having regular cycles and stuff like that. And I know these are things that this, like, it's like people never want to talk about sex and poop. And I don't like to throw those two things in the same conversation at the same time. But at the end of the day, people, this is humanly functions and we need to focus on keeping our body healthy. And, and if we're not ready for sex and pooping like a champ, then there might be something wrong with your metabolism. So I got to throw it out there. It's number eight. Check it. Make sure everything's cool. If it's not, that might be a sign that your metabolism is low, more of a sign that your hormones are off. And when your hormones are off, your metabolism is slow. Remember that the metabolism is a hormone itself, meaning everything is connected. And this is the beauty about this, guys. If we fix one thing, we fix it all. And that's why I'm huge on trying to help people improve their thyroid function. Because if we improve that, holy shit, we improve so many different hormones in our bodies. And it's crazy. Number nine, your energy is off. And this is kind of um, like number six with the sleep. 
But if your energy is off, you have highs and lows, you're dragging all day, you got like a midday crash, you get to bed and you just can't fall asleep like I was talking about, or you're wired in bed, like right? Like I know a lot of people who are stressed and tired all day, they just cannot wait to get home and just lay down with their partner and watch the TV show and Netflix and chill and probably go to sleep early tonight and then they lay down and they're wired, they're thinking about shit. They wanna read, they wanna do stuff. And I was victim of this for a long time, but the the second I started sleeping more and improving my metabolism, improving my thyroid, improving my hormonal system, I started sleeping eight, nine hours a night, piece of cake, right? I wasn't wired throughout the, the night and restless all day. So um, if you have energy spikes throughout the day where you got a lot of energy and then you crash, that's that's a really, really big sign. And, and it kind of feeds into the next one, number 10, you have mood swings. So you're anxious and then you're happy or you're slightly depressed and then you're pissed off and then you're happy again and then you're laughing and then you're irritated often, you're sad. It doesn't matter. Like if you have random mood swings and you can't explain it, it could mean that something is off in your body and it's more than likely something to do with your hormonal system, which again is a sign that your metabolism might be slow. So Look at your moods. Are you anxious, depressed, irritated, angry, sad, anything abnormal very often or unexplainably, then you might be having mood swings and you might have a hormonal issue. Number 11, you get sick pretty often. And this one is just pretty simple. If, if your hormones are down, then your immune system can take a hit and it can be hard for it to be thriving. And if it's hard for that to be thriving, then you're probably sick pretty often because you can't fight away bacteria, fight away bugs, fight away viruses. So look at yourself and notice, are you sick quite often? Um, this is another thing that I personally experienced when my metabolism, metabolism was slower um, after doing crash diet into a physique show and then trying to, uh, and then binging and then gaining weight and then trying to bounce back and cut again right away, just screwed with my metabolism. I was getting sick all the time. It's really my body telling me to just calm the fuck down and, and take a nap, but I couldn't because I was restless, <laughs> just like I talked about uh, number nine and number six. But the point is, is if you're sick a lot and you can't explain why and you still eat healthy, you're, you're, and I see that all the time, like, man, I eat so clean. I eat a lot of fruits and veggies, but I'm sick all the time. Well, it's probably a hormonal thing. Number 12, you gain weight easily or have edema. So if you, um, if it just seems like you put on weight extremely easily uh, or you have an edema, which is just waterlogged, then you might have something going on with uh, not only your metabolism, but again, it's connected to your thyroid, which as you probably get the hint by now, a lot of these metabolic syndromes are related or metabolic issues with your metabolic capacity, speed, anything like that is directly correlated and connected to your thyroid above all else. There's a lot of other things that can contradict that. Like for instance, testosterone and growth hormone can allow you to build more muscle and speed up your metabolism through that system. But the main thing is going to be that your metabolism is directly correlated to your um, thyroid. So pay attention to that. So if you gain weight very easily, then you need to check uh, your metabolism. That could be the easiest way to look at it. Like if you, and most people should be able to add 100 calories to their diet off and on and not gain any weight. It's not a big enough spike, but if you gain weight from just like, you know the saying, I look at a cupcake and I get fat. Well, if that's you, then it might have something to do with your metabolism, not your genetics, okay? So I hear that all the time. Or if you have um, edema where you're getting waterlogged all the time, that's an easy way to tell. The last but not least sure tell sign of having a low metabolism. Number 13, you have a tough time losing weight even with diet and exercise. So this is an easy one. If you've tried everything under the sun, if you're dieting, 
if you're cutting calories, if you're training your ass off, if you're doing cardio, if you're doing all these things, you're following the program and, and it's been weeks and weeks and you just cannot seem to break the plateau, what that tells me is that your metabolism is slow. So that's a really, really sure sell sign, um, which is number 13. Again, you have a tough time losing weight even with diet and exercise. All right, people. So now that you have your notepad out and you've listed out everything that could possibly tell you that you do have a slow metabolism and possibly a thyroid issue, first, I want to apologize and say I'm sorry that I had to be the bearer of bad news. But two, I want to say congratulations because you're at your first step of actually making progress towards a healthier metabolism. And as we all know, with a healthier metabolism, shit, like we're going to digest and absorb food better. We are going to be able to train harder. We're going to be able to build muscle better because our insulin sensitivity, blood sugar, all these different measurements are going to be better in our body, which allows us to absorb nutrients and push them to the muscle cell and allow us to burn more fat, be more conditioned live longer, so many different things. Like The metabolism is a beautiful thing. So there's a lot of reasons why the metabolism being high is beneficial um, from a health perspective. But what we're going to talk about today is how you can fix it so you can lose weight. Because as most people listen to this podcast, I'm sure that everybody listening cares about their health significantly. But they also want to have a flatter stomach, get rid of belly fat, build more muscle, finally see their abs, break this fucking plateau that you've been stuck on and for some reason you can't lose weight even though you're trying really hard. Like I get that all the time and, and that's what I'm going to be delivering to you today because a lot of times people can't break through plateaus because they've crashed their metabolism dieting over time. So I see a lot of people who, like I mentioned before, will diet, diet, diet. They get crazy results, but they push that diet for too long. And once they get to a certain point, there's no turning back hormonally. And what that does is it kind of crashes the system and it makes your metabolism slower. And therefore, it's going to be that much harder to start losing weight again. Right, so I see a lot of people where I have to literally tell them like, hey, I know your goal is to lose fat, but right now we have to take at least three weeks to actually increase your calories and possibly gain some weight. After two to three weeks, your weight may stabilize and then we'll probably maintain for a few weeks. And then after that, we'll probably start losing weight once we've repaired your metabolism. So it, it's a tough news to, to deliver to a client who's hiring me to lose body fat that I say, hey, we're going to have to put that goal on pause and you're going to actually have to maintain for a while. And I know that's not what they want to hear or see, but at the end of the day, in the long run, if you want to lose body fat and then keep it off, this is the only way to do so. You have to learn how to build up your what's called your metabolic capacity, which is essentially if you had a metabolism fuel tank and you have a certain amount that you can fit in there, a certain amount of calories that you can consume every day while keeping your body lean and healthy, that is your metabolic capacity. And we want to increase that capacity as high as possible because that allows us to know that your, your metabolism is fast. And when your metabolism is fast, that means you can lose body fat, build muscle while consuming more calories. And if you can do that, every hormone in your body will be healthier. You will sleep better. You will have better energy. You will be stronger. You will have less fat. You have more muscle, so your body will actually look denser. You will have less mood swings. You have more energy. There's so many upsides to this, okay? So we're going to dig into exactly how the, the top few ways that I think everybody should be paying attention to in order to improve their metabolism. And I'm going to run through these quick um, because more importantly than not, I want you guys to listen to what I say and just take a few things. Because if I end up listing 10 things that you can implement to improve your metabolism, that's overwhelming. It's not going to happen. And at the end of the day, it would work better if you added one thing at a time. So listen to what I say and find the easiest one off the list 
and then use that in order to start improving your metabolism. Once you do that and you're successful with that habit, then you can move to the next thing. Now, before we get started, I got to take a sip of my Four Sigmatic Mushroom Lion's Mane coffee with the nootropics and shit in it because that's what helps me focus. I love this stuff. If you guys haven't tried this stuff, you got to get on it. I've been really big. Actually, this is what we're going to do for my first my first topic. My first strategy for improving your metabolism. The first thing is going to be collagen. And the reason I wanted to start with that is because I just drank some of my coffee. And what I actually been putting in my coffee, you got to try this if you haven't yet. Uh, lately, I've been doing um, Four Sigmatics Lion's Mane Mushroom Coffee, which is essentially it's, it's a really good coffee, but it also has nootropics in it. Um, and it, it essentially kind of makes you focus, right? So it's focus based natural herbs and, and shit like that, that you put in this coffee that helps you, uh, stay alert, stay focused, kind of like alpha brain from on it, right? But it's in a coffee, which I love. Um, and then I put some grass fed beef collagen from vital proteins. I put one scoop in there. So I get some collagen in there as well. It gives it kind of like a creamy texture. Um, and then I put a little stevia in there to sweeten it up and it's really, really good. But the reason I'm saying that is because the first thing on my list is collagen and bone broth, okay? And then, and that's going to lead us into our next point as well. But collagen and bone broth are something that the human race has been consuming for thousands of years. And if we look at ancient history, especially in like Asian cultures and all these things, and to this day still people do a lot of like Vietnamese cultures and stuff like that do as well, where they're taking bone broth. They're eating liver. They're eating every part of the animal the way it is supposed to do. But I'll be the first one to say – that I don't want to eat a cow's tongue or a, a sheep's fucking liver. Like that sounds disgusting to me. So what I will do is I will let somebody boil them all up into a broth and I'll drink the broth because the broth doesn't taste that bad, especially if you mix it with some stevia or whatever it may be. So what I do is I drink uh, powdered micronized collagen. So it's like the the produce of that. It's a little bit of whey uh, protein, um, but it, which is actually I, I don't do well with whey protein in my gut, and this one I do totally fine with because it's completely grass fed, minimally processed, um, but it has collagen in it as well, like extra collagen. And then the bone broth is just that; it's pure bone broth, which also has collagen in it. But the benefits of bone broth and collagen, um, I mean, shit, they go everywhere from helping your hair, skin, nails, all that stuff, growing your uh, muscle and tissue, and rebuilding. Rebuilding tissue in general is the big thing because there's so many different tissues in our body that need to be rebuilt constantly, not just muscle that's broken down and collagen will help that. So will bone broth. But the big thing I want to talk about is inflammation. See, bone broth reduces inflammation. And when we look at inflammation across the body and our brain and our joints and all these things, it will help us on so many different levels, not only think better and move better, which both can contribute to a healthier lifestyle, which can contribute to a faster metabolism, but it reduces inflammation in our guts. And that's the biggest thing I want to make clear. The bone broth and collagen is great for our intestines and our gut health. And that is going to have a significant influence positively on our metabolism being faster and repairing, um, which leads me into my next topic, gut health. If your gut health is shit, all these 13 signs are going to be even worse. So we got to look at improving our gut health if we want to improve our metabolism. And we can do that, one, by drinking collagen and bone broth on a regular basis. Vital Proteins is the one I go to. I don't have any affiliation with them, but obviously I work with Kaiza on a weekly basis and she 
she works with them in some capacity. I'm not going to say how because I really don't know to be honest with you. But I know that she has a trunk full of <laughs> vital proteins and she hooks your boy up. So I've been drinking that. So I recommend that. I know that one's good. And I want to say there's a brand called like Kettle and Fire or something that I've heard is really good as well. Um, but gut health in general. And this could mean if you're not getting any fiber – increasing your fiber a little bit. If you're getting way too much fiber, decreasing your your fiber a little bit. If you already have gut issues and you look at your diet and you have like literally barely like non-existent fiber, then you know that it might be an issue if you have fiber. But here's the deal. Fiber can be taxing on the intestines and on the gut health. It can be too much for our gut to handle if we overdo it. So if you have IBS, if you have Crohn's disease, if you have celiac, if you have any serious gut issue, and you look at your diet and you're consuming 50, 60 grams of fiber, you need to lower that significantly because that can be causing massive irritation in your gut. And that's what's causing this issue. Now, if we don't keep up to date with our gut health, the reason it affects our metabolism is our the nutrient absorption in our body goes down. The, the nutrient digestion goes down. The ability to actually consume calories and process and either burn them or digest them and get rid of them goes down significantly. And if we can't continually cycle calories through our body through digestion and absorption of the gut, then we're not able to increase our metabolism because as we knew from the get-go on this podcast, calories in is what determines on a daily basis is what determines how me- how fast our metabolism is, right? How many calories we can consume in a day safely and healthily, that determines our met- metabolic capacity and speed. So you could, I mean, this could be increasing veggie, increasing probiotic foods like kimchi and sauerkraut and kefir and, and real grass-fed organic yogurt um, and cottage cheese, stuff like that with live cultures in it. Or it could be adding a probiotic supplement, adding a greens drink supplement, adding more greens into your diet, uh, cooking your, your uh, vegetables more often. This is a very underrated one. I see all these people eating raw foods all the time, but look at raw foods. Your body has to do a lot of work to break those down. So if you have gut issues or you want to improve your gut health, I would actually recommend eating way more cooked vegetables, whether you saute it, you steam it, you barbecue it, whatever it may be, low temperature, take your time, cook it. Your body, it's breaking down the vegetable. And the argument is, well, when I cook it, I burn off some of the nutrients. And and yes, that is absolutely true. But the issue is, is if our body can't break down the vegetable because it's in its raw form, it's not going to absorb those nutrients anyway, and we're going to get more harm than good. So I'd rather you eat twice as many vegetables, but cook them so your body can absorb them and utilize them better. So that's a big one. But the, the main overarching point here is we need to take care of our gut health if we want to improve our metabolism. The next thing is actually going to be to eat more carbs. So this kind of goes back to pausing on the whole weight loss thing and looking at things from a perspective of how many carbs can I eat to make my metabolism go? Carbohydrates are an essential piece of having a fast metabolism. And that's only going to happen if we can increase our metabolic capacity and our carb tolerance and our ability to consume more carbs. So what I want people to focus on is actually increasing their carbs. And you can't do this radically, right? So if you're listening to this podcast right now, and let's say you on average, you consume 150 carbs and you listened and you think, man, my metabolism might be slow. I'm going to bump it up to 250 carbs a day. Yeah, I wouldn't recommend that because your body's not going to be able to process that. It's Your metabolism isn't fast right now. And if you add that many calories, you're just going to store it as body fat. So we want to take it at a pace where our body can catch up and our body can slowly take these calories, take these carbs and use them as we increase them versus adding them so abruptly and quickly that our body's like, I can't handle this, this is too much. So what you want to do is literally like add 5, 10, 15, 20 at max a week or every other week until you reach a healthy point, right? So if you're training hard, probably 
anywhere between one to two times your body weight per week is healthy and, and should be sustainable. Um, but we got to look at this relatively too, right? So if you're a 115-pound female who's dieted so hard for so long that your metabolism is shot, then I would say two times your body weight is healthy. Or 1.5 because 115 grams of carbs really isn't that much on a relative spectrum. So we got to look at things relatively and you'll know when you're getting enough. When you're starting to get rid of these symptoms, right? So if you add 10 grams of carbs every week to every other week and you notice your sleep's better, you notice that you're starting to lose body fat easier, you're noticing your mood swings are going off, your energy is better, you're having a, more of a sex drive, um, your skin and hair is growing faster, your sleep's not off, your your bowel movements are better, um, you're not peeing all day long, your body temperature's not so low, then you know that you're at a good place. So keep bumping them up slowly and slowly until you get to that point. The next thing, which is directly related to the carb thing, carbs are a very good indicator that you're pushing the metabolism, but the, the overall overarching signal is calories in, right? So if you're crash dieting or you're on an extremely low calorie diet, then what I would actually recommend for you to do is focus on not having such low calories. Slowly bring your calories up. Now, this can be a scary thing and sometimes it really does take just hiring a coach because it can be hard to bump up your calories without being worried about just gaining a bunch of fat. So what you need to think about is actually hiring somebody or working with somebody or doing your research so you know how to up your calories and, and go with your training, right? So a good example is if you're going to up your calories, try to up your calories in your meals directly before and after your training sessions because we know that your insulin sensitivity is going to be better during that time and you're probably going to utilize those nutrients better. So if you're trying to bump your calories up to bump your metabolism and you don't want to gain any fat, then I would suggest your first meals that you're adding calories to are going to be those pre and post workout meals. But the point is overall in general, if you want a faster metabolism, you cannot be on a super low calorie diet. If you're on a diet that is below or, or I would say at or below eight times your body weight in calories, unless you have 30 plus pounds to lose then I would suggest that you're probably low-carb calorie dieting. And an easy way to know is like if you weigh 200 pounds but you know that your comfortable weight is actually 170, let's say you're eating 1,700 calories on a daily basis, I wouldn't say that you have to worry about this because like I said, you have 30 pounds to lose, right? So think of your ideal weight or where you should be at or if you only have 10 pounds or less to lose, you should be above at least at but most likely above eight times your body weight in calories, right? So 10 times your body weight in calories is a healthy weight loss and, and a lot of people aren't there. Um, elimination diet is going to be next. Plain and simple, there's a lot of intolerant foods out there. And this is exactly why Whole30 and paleo dieting is so popular. So what we want to look at is eliminating a lot of foods. A lot of people track calories and all that stuff. Well, if you have a really low metabolism and you don't want to worry about reverse dieting or tracking calories or anything like that, the best thing to do is an elimination diet. You can eat as much as you want, but you have to stick to these general foods. So now you're cutting out beans, you're cutting out dairy, you're cutting out grains, you're cutting out seeds, you're cutting out a lot of things that actually may directly harm your thyroid and therefore directly harm your metabolism. So an elimination diet is a really good way because you're going to remove um, any issues or intolerant foods, stimulate your gut to be healthier, and then you're probably going to have a faster metabolism because of it. And then after that, you can start introducing foods back in at a higher calorie limit because you've repaired your metabolism through the elimination process. Um, you got to do at least 21 to 30 days for that to have a significant effect. More sleep. More and better sleep, I should say. Um, so you you realistically should be getting a minimum of seven hours and up to nine hours per night. 
Um, I know that seems like a lot, but at the end of the day, if your sleep is off and you're not getting sleep, it, it's one of the f- most important things. Like I, I've heard sleep doctors talk about body composition and they even say that that's twice as important as even training if you want to lose fat and build muscle. So if you're not taking care of your sleep, that's the first thing. Get seven to nine hours a night. Make sure your room is pitch dark black. Make sure your room is cooled down so it's like 60 to 66 degrees temperature and you're getting restful sleep, like you're sleeping through the night and keep working until you get to that point. Um, the next one's going to be drop intensity. So with that, I know we're talking about exercise increases metabolism, but the issue is, is when we look at our central nervous system, if we smash our body to a point where we're not recovering, when we're not recovering, our hormones take a hit. And when our hormones take a hit, metabolism takes a hit. So the reason I put drop intensity here is because a lot of people are going so hard that they're not letting their body and their hormonal systems and their central nervous system to actually recover. And because it can't recover, it can't stimulate the metabolism. So if you constantly feel fatigued, if you're training hard every day, you need to chill out. This is why I have a lot of people who come to me and they're, they have a lower metabolism and I write their training program and then they notice that their cardio days are low intensity. I'm like, go on a walk. You can do a treadmill or a bike if you want or you can just go outside and just move. And they're like, well, fuck, I want to burn fat. I should be doing like a barbell complex or some high intensity boot camp, right? And I'm like, no. We need to drop intensity because when we walk slow, we actually reduce cortisol. And if we reduce cortisol, we're reducing stress hormones. And when we reduce the stress in our life, we increase the good hormones and therefore we increase our metabolism. So drop the intensity if you're going too hard and you think you have a slow metabolism. The next one, eat some fucking coconut oil. And I know that's like that whole like superfood concept and I'm not big on that. But at the end of the day, like there's been studies that show coconut oil is extremely – healthy saturated fat and it gets metabolized and broken down in our body a little bit differently because it's a multi-chain triglyceride and and the reason it's different is because it's one of a kind this is why mct oils are so popular but mct multi-chain triglyceride fats essentially convert into energy and fuel a lot easier than any other fat therefore it's a fat source that you eat that can actually convert into readily usable energy like carbohydrates, not maybe not as efficient, but it is efficient. And there's a lot of other health components to coconut oil that will actually improve your thyroid, improve your hormonal system, that will and therefore improve your metabolism. So I personally eat at least one to two teaspoons a day of coconut oil, and if I can get away with more, I do. So I would highly suggest cooking in that shit as much as possible. Fit it, fit it in your macros for sure. Last but not least, plain and simple, eat less shitty protein. And what I mean by this is look at how your gut responds to protein. If you get a really bad gut issue every time you eat chicken, maybe don't eat so much chicken. If you have a gut issue with heavy steak, don't eat so much steak. If you don't like eggs, don't eat so much eggs. Dairy, same thing. Protein is vital for our metabolism. It's vital for our muscle tissues. But there's a lot of proteins that actually cause gut irritation and you have to be aware. Usually, Some people get away with all of them and they're fine. But some people have some issues with some. Now, What I will say is look at your source as well. I know for me, if I just pick up some random dairy from the grocery store, I might have some gut issues, some gas, some bloating. But if I pick up grass-fed organic dairy, I have zero issues. Even if it's full-fat, heavy cream, it doesn't matter. So quality protein is key. What I would suggest is eating more white fish because that's really healthy for you. And when you eat things like steak or chicken – Make sure they are pasture-raised, grass-fed, like really healthy organic sources. Those are key in all this. Same with eggs. They have to be grass-fed hens, like everything. Okay, so cage-free eggs are huge in this. But that's all I got for you guys today. 
everything you need to know about your metabolism, why it's important, what you need to look out for, for as far as signs of sense that you might have a low metabolism, and also exactly how to fix it. So take one of these strategies and implement it today. Wait a week, take another, implement that until your metabolism is cranking up and you will know because you will be significantly leaner, your energy will be better, your performance will be better, your sleep will be better, your mood will be better, and your energy across the board, sex drive, all these different things will be better. And you will not have had to drop your calories. That's the beauty in this. If you need help with it, find help with it. But this is crucial stuff, guys. Now, if you have any questions about anything I broke down today that you would want broken down for your specific protocol, click the link in the show notes, join the Mind vs. Muscle team page, post a status in the group on Facebook, and tag your boy, Cody Boom Boom McGroom, in the status, and I will directly help you in the comments. I appreciate you guys for listening, and I will catch you next time. If you love the Mind vs. Muscle podcast, want more free content, and you want to support the movement, share this podcast and leave us a five-star rating and review. To get your questions answered on the next episode, see the show notes for our social media handles and hashtag Mind vs. Muscle.